afternoon. Not long until Christmas. <laughs> Get ready. It's, it's coming faster than you think. Amen. <laughs> Turn, if you would, to the 15th chapter of the book of Mark. We're making our way through the book of Mark. Our goal is to try to be through by the end of June. Uh, it's, uh, I don't know. <laughs> we'll see. We'll, well, I think we're going to make it. Uh, Brother Case will be preaching tonight. I hope you'll be back tonight on the atonement. One of the most important uh, doctrines that we hold to is the atonement. And uh, you need to know all about that. I pray you'll be back here. I'll be in Vider preaching a, a brand new church start tonight. Uh, so I'm excited about that. And, and uh, then I'll be back here uh, by 1 o'clock this morning uh, to drive the Haiti group to the DFW airport. Unless someone here says, uh, I'd love to drive that van and trailer to the airport at 1.30 this morning. Feel free to volunteer for that. Uh, but otherwise, I'll get it done. Don't worry about that. And then, uh, and then our young people will be leaving in the morning for camp out of, uh, outside of Waco. So it's going to be a busy week. And then Becky and I leave Tuesday night for Phoenix. We'll be in the Southern Baptist Convention uh, there. So it'll be, a, it'll be a great time for us and a great time for you as you hear Brother Case next week. It's going to be tremendous. Mark chapter 15, and I, let me do one more thing before we get started here. We have, uh, we always recognize our children. Boy, they've, they've been a blessing, and our young people, and, and all of those, and, and Awan, and everything. I, I want to recognize our senior adults. If you're retired or 55 or older, would you just stand up? This church got the greatest senior adults in all of this world right here. I appreciate you guys. Amen. Amen. Let me tell you, you're, you're the cat's meow. I appreciate you. God bless you. Amen. We could not carry on without you. Thank you so much for your dedication and devotion. And I uh, appreciate that. Mark chapter 15, beginning in, uh, well, let's see. Uh, uh, well, stand with me for the Word of God, all right? <laughs> I don't know where I want to start. Let's look down at verse 7. I don't want to tie up a lot of time reading, but let's begin at verse 7. We actually start back at 1. There was one named Barabbas, which lay bound with them that had made insurrection with him. Now, in English, that means he was a rebel. He had committed murder in the insurrection. And the multitude, crying aloud, began to desire him to do as he had ever done unto them. But Pilate answered them, saying, Will you that I release unto you the king of the Jews? For he knew that the chief priest had delivered him for envy. But the chief priest moved the people that he should rather release Barabbas unto them. And Pilate answered and said unto them, What will ye then I shall do unto him who ye call the king of the Jews? They cried out again, Crucify him. Pilate said unto them, Why, what evil has he done? And they cried out the more exceedingly, Crucify him. And so Pilate, willing to content the people, the English translation there is to please the people, released Barabbas unto them and delivered Jesus when he had scourged him to be crucified. Father, thank you this morning how we've been blessed. Thank you for Jordan and what a great job he did this morning, the choir and all the music. I pray that, Lord, what's has been done thus far would just continue to flow in the hearts of every man, woman, and child in this building today. That you would be honored and glorified. That we'd be willing to say yes, 
Lord, yes. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. You may be seated. We looked at uh, Judas last week. This week it's uh, Barabbas. There's a little bit of a difference there and uh, uh, a great deal of a difference there. In fact, Barabbas is probably like every one of us in this building this morning. If you've been saved, Barabbas is just like you. And so I want to just kind of look at what makes him like us and what makes us like him. The first thing I see here is that God sees Barabbas' sin. And I want to tell you the same thing happens with us. We're just like that. God sees our sin. Now, when we read about Barabbas, we don't know a lot about him. What we do know is not good. He's a robber. He's a murderer. He's already violated the sixth and the eighth commandment. He was a sinner. But I want to tell you, what we know about each other is not good either. The Bible says in Romans 6, all of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So there's a lot of comparison between us and, and Barabbas there. None righteous. There's no not one. God saw Barabbas' sin. God sees my sin. God sees your sin. Now, there are three different kinds of sinners here that are listed. One is a positional sinner. Uh, we can blame it on our great, 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 great grandfather, Adam. Because that's where all this mess started. He's the one where sin crept in, in the, in the Garden of Eden there. It's sin by nature. Man without Christ is a sinner by nature, period. Uh, uh, the reason that a robber robs is because he's a robber. The reason that a, a rebel rebels is because he's a rebel. The reason that a thief steals is because he's a thief. The reason a murderer kills is because he's a murderer. A sinner is not a sinner because he sins. Now listen to me. A sinner is not a sinner because he sins. He sins because he is a sinner. In fact, when you got to narrow it down, a sinner is not so much what somebody does, but is who somebody is. And we've all fallen short. The Bible says in verse 7, he's in prison along with all the other rebels and the insurrectionists. He had done what rebels do. You know, Paul said in Ephesians 2, 3, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were all by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. Every one of us fallen that. We're just like Barabbas. We've, we've sinned. God sees our sin positionally. Next time you see somebody living in open rebellion, you say, how in the world can they do that? Hello, they did it just like you do it. They get it from their grandfather Adam. It's in their nature. We're sinners. But not only positional sinners, Barabbas was a practical sinner. Uh, he was a sinner by choice. Uh, the word for rebellion and murder here is in the Greek is intentional. It's not, in, not involuntarily. It's not that he happened to run by somebody. No, no, no. He planned on murdering folks. He planned on robbing people. He planned on rebellion. It was all set about. It was a purpose. It, 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 it was a man who plotted, a man who planned, a man who purposed, just like his father the devil did. He would lie in wait, ready to ambush someone and uh, seek to ambush them. You, you, ever, you ever be around somebody that knew what they were going to do on the weekend that involved full sin? Boy, I can't wait till this weekend. I tell you, I'm going to go out and get so drunk, nobody's going to know who I am. I'm not going to know who I am. You ever hear folk talk like that? They planned it out. 
Well, we're all just like that too. We're, we've not, now, now, maybe not some, maybe as bad as others, but I want to tell you, there's not a one of us in this room that we would not say we're a sinner by nature. But the real truth is, there have been times in our life when we sat down and contemplated doing what we were going to do, and we knew very well it was sin. But we did it anyway. Practical sinner. And then he was a preeminent sinner. The Bible says in Matthew 27, 17, when they gathered, Pilate said, Whom do you want me to release for you, Barabbas or Jesus, who's called Christ? He was infamous because of his sin. He was very famous. Barabbas was a famous sinner. He was a famous, rebellious, robbing sinner, thief, first century. I mean, everybody knew him. Old Barabbas, boy, he's finally going to get what's coming to him. Hmm. Aren't you glad today that Jesus saves a really bad, bad people? Because all sin is bad. And if he didn't save the really bad, bad people, he couldn't save you and I. I'm so thankful for that. Barabbas would have called himself a freedom fighter. They got their freedom. Nobody's going to tell me what to do. I live south of the Mason-Dixon line. I drink my sweet tea out of a glass jar, and ain't nobody telling me what I'm going to do. Amen? Yeah, there's a couple of honest ones in here. Praise the Lord. He, he sees their sin. He sees our sin. But the second thing is God spoke my sentence. God spoke his sentence. He released the man who'd been thrown into prison for insurrection and murder for whom they asked, but he delivered Jesus over to their will. The decree was already issued out. It was waiting to be carried out. He was on death row. Genesis chapter 2. The Lord God commanded the man saying, You eat of any tree of the garden, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. For in that day if you do, ye shall surely die. The decree's already been mentioned. It's already set. You eat of that fruit and you're going to die. Romans 5, 6, for we were yet still weak. At the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. Romans 5, 8, you've already memorized it. God shows his love for us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Ezekiel 18, 20, the soul who sins shall die. Revelation 20, 14, then death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire. This is the second death, the lake of fire. The sentence has already been decreed. We're waiting for it to be carried out. That's exactly what Barabbas is doing here. We call it capital punishment. All sin is an act of treason against God. It's an act of treason. Now, I want you to understand this. God does not put me under more sin when I reach a certain level. I'm already, if you're without Christ here today, you're not going to die. You're already dead. We, we love to Ephesians 2.1 says you were dead in your trespasses and sin. You know the worst thing God could do to some of us here on this face, this earth, is to leave us alone. I hear people say, I wish God would just get off my back. I wish God would leave me alone. Man, when God leaves you alone, you're doomed. Man, you don't want God to leave you alone. We love to quote John 3, 16, God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son, whosoever believeth in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. 
But I want to tell you, if you skip down just one verse and go down to verse 18, the Bible says, Whosoever believeth in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe in him is condemned already because he's not believed in the name of the only Son of God. The death sentence is already decreed. You're going to die if you do not trust Jesus Christ. Let me give you the third thing. I only got three points. Isn't this going good? may take a while on this one. (laughs) God sent my substitute. That's what he did for Barabbas. He sent a substitute. I I never did like literature in school. Always kind of thought it was useless. If you're a literature teacher, please don't bomb and threaten me. I I, I like it now. Now that I'm over it and these kids have to do it, I'm all for it. (laughs) But when we were in high school, we were made to read a book called A Tale of Two Cities. I tell you, that guy's crazy. And the story is even crazier. And I don't know why I think of this stuff. But I, I was studying about Barabbas, and I was reminded of that tale of two cities uh, London, England, and Paris, France. It was about 1859 there, in the 1870s there, the French Revolution. And there was a Frenchman in there called, named Charles Darnay. And the Englishman was a lawyer, Sidney Carton. Darnay was a French aristocrat. And the French revolutionists have taken over. The insurrectionists have taken over France. And they're wanting to kill every aristocrat there was. Well, in the meantime, the Englishman... Sidney Carton had fallen in love with this beautiful woman. But he knew he wasn't good enough for her. I mean, he kept saying that. I'm not good enough for her. I, there's no way she would ever go with me. I'm not good enough for her. And he finally tells her that, and she said, I agree, you're not. You know? So she marries this Frenchman, this Frenchman, Charles Darnay. Well, the French find out that he was part of the aristocratic group before the insurrectionists took over and so they bring him to prison and they're ready to take him to the guillotine and chop his head off but Corton decides that uh, if he can't have the lady that he loves he will at least die for her so that she'll enjoy what she wants in life so he goes into the prison over in Paris and he overcomes uh, Darnay, drugs him, changes clothes with him, and then calls the guard and says, uh, Cartone's finished. Take him out. And so they take Cartone out, who, uh, uh, I mean, they take Darnay out, who they thought was Cartone, and he's riding off in a carriage. And then Darnay goes to the guillotine and has his head cut off the next morning. I thought, where, where would Charles Dickens get something like that? Right out of Mark 15. Right out of Mark 15. That's exactly what's happened here. Barabbas is guilty. He's a murderer. He's a thief. He's a robber. He's a rebel. But an innocent man took his place. Wow. Wow. <laughs> I never thought I'd use a tale of two cities. <laughs> My literature teacher would be thrilled. All three of them the year I took it. 
What Barabbas needed <laughs> was a provider. Based on the root word here, the providence, it's something that's been given by God. He's minding his own business, sitting in that jail. Barabbas didn't come up with a plan to save himself. He had already figured out he was gone. There's no way he's going to live through this. But the Bible says in verse 8, the multitude crying aloud began to him to do as he had ever done. Pilate answered and said, Will you that I release unto you king of the Jews? He knew the chief priest delivered him, but the priest moved. Look at verse 11. The chief priest moved the people. That word Greek, the Greek word there for moved is the word we get our seismograph from. Like earthquakes, the chief priest are like an earthquake going in and out of the people. Now when he says, who do you want to release? You cry Barabbas. And they're roaming around, moving that whole crowd like an earthquake. And so Pilate, he says, I'm going to fulfill the Passover custom to release one prisoner. And he said, when, you, when he asks which one, you tell him Barabbas. Release Barabbas. It would seem, as I study this, that these proud members, these Pharisees, these Sadducees, and these scribes, were pawns in the hand of Satan. Would you agree with that? But when you study it a little bit deeper, you find out they were tools in the hands of God. <laughs> mm. Man, isn't that just like our God? To take what the devil means for evil and turn it around and use it for his glory? Acts 2.23 says, This Jesus delivered up according to the definite plan and foreknowledge of God. You crucified and killed by the hands of lawless men. That was preached on the Sermon of Pentecost. Barabbas is sitting in a dark cell, and he knew death was waiting for him at the 9 o'clock hour. Yet unknown to him, before the foundation of the world, God Almighty had set a plan in place to substitute for Barabbas. <laughs> He needed also a substitute. He needed a provider. He needed a substitute. Now, Pilate, he's not a believer. He said, guys, this man's done nothing wrong. Nothing wrong. I find no fault in him. Herod hadn't found any fault in him. He's innocent. The Bible says in Hebrews 9, 13, if the blood of goats and bulls and the sprinkling of defiled persons with ashes of a heifer sanctify for the purification of the flesh. Now listen now, how much more will the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without blemish to God, purify our conscience from dead works to serve the living God? You remember what Judas said when he came back in and he threw the silver coins down? He said, I have betrayed innocent blood. I've betrayed an innocent man. He's done nothing wrong. You remember Pilate's wife? When, when, when she comes to Pilate, her husband, and she says, Listen, I've had a dream. Don't have anything to do with this just man, is what she told Pilate. Have nothing to do with this just man. He's without sin. Now, in the Old Testament, the priests would come and they would offer two sacrifices. The first sacrifice would be to clean themselves up. They would offer a sacrifice and that would make them clean. And then they'd offer another sacrifice after they're clean so that it would be a sacrifice for the people. 
So you always had two sacrifices, one to clean the priest up and then one to clean up the people. Oh, but when Jesus comes, he don't need two sacrifices. He's already cleaned up. He never was dirtied up. There's no sin involved in him whatsoever. He didn't need it. He had no sin. He fought 1 Peter 3.18, Christ suffered once for our sins, the righteous for the unrighteous, that he might bring us to God, being put uh, to death in the flesh, but made alive in the spirit. Barabbas found the same thing in Jesus that I found. A substitute. A perfect substitute. Now he needed one more thing. He not only needed a provider, he not only needed a substitute, but he needed a pardon. <laughs> Jesus is the pardoning substitute. Verse 15, Pilate, willing to content the people, released Barabbas unto them, delivered Jesus when he had scourged him to be crucified. You know, man's very intelligent. We're very smart. We looked in the jungles and these monkeys were flying. And we said, man, they can go faster than us. So we created a thing called an automobile. And now we can go faster than the monkeys. We looked out in the air, and here's these eagles. They're soaring, and they're, they're flying faster than man ever could. So we created, through the Wright brothers and different ones, a thing called an airplane. Now we can fly faster than the eagles. We looked at the fish in the ocean and said, wow, man, they can just go deep and they can swim. They, so we created a thing called a submarine that can go even to depths that some of the fishes cannot go to in the ocean. We needed to yell to the other side of the world, so we created a cell phone. And you can hit a few buttons and you can talk to China. In fact, some of you have asked where our screen is. It's... We've had a problem with it. We had to send it off. We're looking for the guy in Singapore that built it. And uh, hopefully we're going to find that dude and he's going to be able to fix it. It should be on its way back. We, we, we needed something that would help us find out the personal, private lives of people. So man created Facebook. Amen? Amen? But there's one thing man has never been able to create. No matter how ingenuity-minded he was, he's never been able to create a substitute and a pardon for sin. Never been able to do it. Never. Oh, some people think they can. There'll be people who will think, oh, yeah, there's different ways to go to heaven. You don't have to go through Jesus. I'm telling you, they're lying to you. Based on the Word of God. I know we're in days where nobody wants to hear the Word of God anymore. I realize that. We're in days where people have itching ears and they want people to say what they want them to say and they want them to please the people just like Pilate pleased the people here. But I tell you, according to the Word of God, Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes except by me. You won't get there any other way. Now let me just quit preaching and just start babbling just for a moment. I wonder. I know nobody else ever gets it. I get this from Herman Kramer is where I get it from. <laughs> I, this is no, biblically, the account of Barabbas is over. Well, it's almost over. What's going to happen here is they're going to come, and he knows at 9 o'clock, that 9 o'clock hour, he's going to be hung on a cross. 
And uh, he hears the spears and he, the clanging swords and all as the soldiers are coming down the hall to get him. And he thinks he's on his way to the cross. And one of the men said, we're not going to Golgotha yet. We're going to Pilate's court. Pilate's court? Yes. There's a Passover custom that Pilate releases one criminal every Passover. Don't you know his heart might have perked up a little bit? And he kind of got excited. Maybe there's a chance I'll get out of here. Maybe there's a chance that I'll be the one sitting in that dark prison cell, cold, dreary, stinking. I mean, you know, there, there's no running water. There's no toilets. There's none of that. It is what it is. And he's sitting there. Maybe I'll catch a break. I'll catch a break. His heart perks up until he hear, hears who he's up against. It's down between two people now. Pilate's either going to release Barabbas, a rebel, murder, robber, thief, or Jesus. <laughs> Don't you know his heart sank? Of all the people to be up against, I have to be up against Jesus. I mean, he, he had to know that, that Jesus had opened blinded eyes and he had cleansed lepers and he had made the lame to walk again. He had delivered demoniacs from, from bondage and, and he had literally raised the dead. He had done miracles and he'd been preaching miracles and messages of grace. He rode into Jerusalem just last week and people were hollering, Hail the King of the Jews! Boy, we love him and I'm up against him. Don't you know his heart just went... That's it. But the Pharisees were working the crowd. They were moving the crowd. They were like an earthquake in the crowd. And when he said, who do you want me to release? They cried out, Barabbas! Well, what can I do with Jesus? They cried out, crucify him! He said, he's innocent, crucified. And you know what the crowd cries out then? His blood be upon us and our children. That's what they cried. Now this is the end of Barabbas. But I just wonder. I wonder. Now I don't think I would do it. I'm trying to think about what I would do if I'd been a murderer and a rebel and a thief and a robber. And I was fixing to go to the cross and be crucified. And they told me that I was free. I think I'd have top caught the first train out of town. I mean, I'd have, been, I'd have been walking somewhere as fast as I could. But what if? What if? What if Barabbas was just so mesmerized by the fact that someone took his place that he hung around town just for a couple of hours? He just kind of maybe got a shave and a haircut and just kind of blended into the crowd. And he began to hear the screams of that cat of nine tails ripping that blood and that back off of our Savior. If he would have stayed, don't you know he'd have probably thought, man, that was really for me. 
I mean, I'm supposed to be the one tied to that post. I'm supposed to be the one receiving those stripes. That was for me. And then he hears them as they hang those timbers upon his body and make him carry that cross. He's got to be thinking that that was my cross. That was supposed to be for me. It was mine. Then he hears those spikes as they were driven in his hands, in his feet. And Barabbas, if he'd have stayed around, had to be thinking, boy, those spikes were my spikes. And they're hearing the crowd screaming and shouting obscenities and mocking him. And he's saying, those are all for me. And then darkness covered the land. Christ died. Do you think that Barabbas may have realized that Jesus was his substitute on that cross? I uh, Years ago, Jordan, before you were born, you maybe been in diapers, we used to sing an old gospel song. Said, I was guilty with nothing to say. They were coming to take me away. But then a voice from heaven was heard. Said, let him go. Take me instead. And I should have been crucified I should have suffered and died I should have hung on that cross in disgrace but Jesus God's Son took my place wow (laughs) when I repented of my sin I got a name change. My name used to be dead, but now it's alive. (laughs) My name used to be guilty, now it's innocent. My name used to be hell bound, but now it's heaven bound. My name used to be sinner, but now my name is saint. My name used to be child of wrath. But now my name is child of God, joint heirs with Jesus Christ. (laughs) All because Jesus substituted himself for me. Dear God in heaven above, Lord, would you speak to our hearts this morning. Lord, in this place, there are those who maybe for the first time have realized that the King of kings and the Lord of lords Oh, from Genesis through Revelation, left heaven, came to earth to die on a cross, buried in a borrowed tomb, rose again the third day, ascended into heaven, and will come back for me and for every person in this place. Father, if there's someone here today that doesn't know their relationship with you is what it ought to be, Lord, today would you speak so clearly that there'd be no doubt whatsoever in their mind. Father, would you let your Holy Spirit draw them as only you can. Nobody else can do it. We can't manipulate them. We can't draw them. We can't convince them. It must be done through the power of your Holy Spirit. Would you move, sweet Holy Spirit, in this place today? 